0: Thank <laughs> you.
1: Be. Is that boat coming towards us? I feel I don't like that's on it in like two hours. Is it gonna turn? No, I think it's. I think it, no, I, I think, think it's it coming. No. Shall we get get up, Shelby. We we're running. We gotta run. Oh yeah. yeah um, yeah. if that didn't cue you off, we are talking about "Leave the World Behind," the new Netflix original movie starring. Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawk, Mahershala Ali, Mahershala Ali. Mahershala Myhala, My yeah. There we go. I got um I was I was already thinking of the next name and it got distracted. Mm-hmm. And then um and then uh Kevin Bacon shows Kevin up Bacon. randomly.
0: I was like, wait, is that Ethan Hawk? I literally,
1: (laughs) they are the same person. I had that same thing where I was like, why is she looking at her husband (laughs) so weirdly in the parking lot? Like, didn't they know each other? And I'm like, oh, that's Kevin Bacon. That's not Ethan Hawke. They're the same.
0: They look the same. They do. They're the same person. I honestly, I, yeah, I thought we were entering some annihilation, like weird territory for a hot second where I was like, what." Is this a clone? Like, I don't... But they're different. They're different people, it turns out.
1: And we sort of might have been entering an annihilation territory at various points. There's a lot of weird stuff (laughs) going on in this movie.
0: Yeah, so Leave the World Behind is based on a novel of the same name by Ruman Alam, which I read in 2020, and I loved it. And so when I saw that this was coming out, I was really excited because, like... I thought the book was interesting, but I think it would also be interesting as a film. Um, And it's directed by Sam Ismail. Yes. Who did. Mr. um, Robot, I believe. Mr. Robot and the Julia Roberts Apple TV show, which I can't remember the the name of. The Front? The Front? The. (laughs) Homefront? Soldiers Be Sad. Yeah. Homecoming. No. Homecoming. Homegoing. Uh, No, Homecoming. Homeward Bound. Homecoming. 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 Yes, by Beyonce.
1: By Beyonce. He that he also did that. He did He's it. done a lot <laughs> of stuff
0: <laughs> all over the place. Um, oh, he also so yeah, made the movie like excited, Comet, was which was I terrible.
1: This. I hated oh, I that. that with Emmy Rossum and Justin Long. I watched that during the pandemic for some reason.
0: Huh. Well, you should have been reading this book. It turns out. Um, yeah, this was like produced by Barack and Michelle Obama's company. And Julia Roberts. I mean, it, it's like a big deal. Netflix spent a lot of money to get the rights to this. It was a big book, a big opportunity. So they definitely put a lot of money into it, which is very obvious in its almost three-hour runtime with multiple set pieces and like disaster sequences and lots of stylistic camera choices. I, I don't know. It was it was interesting watching it, having read the book, but having some distance from the book because I think what these do well is it's very atmospheric so in the book you don't really know what's going on you just know that there's this couple renting an airbnb and then the owners come home and they're like hey something happened in new york we don't we just came back here so like can we stay in our own house basically and so the setups are similar but the movie definitely goes much more um big (laughs) balls, explosions galore, ships crashing into the into the bank. Um which I think in some ways worked and didn't, but I'm curious for you cuz I feel like this got great reviews from critics and then has a ter- oh, terrible audience score where people I've seen who are like I liked it and then I hated it. And so I'm curious like what your
1: yeah, so I I have the book, and I actually took the book with me on vacation and read like the first chapter of it, and then just didn't, and then got busy and didn't finish it in time. Um, so I, yeah, so I have not read this. Um, I sort of generally knew that the premise was going in just because I had I had heard people talk about it on a podcast about the book before, and I sort of like knew what it was. From when, because I think this came out like when I was working in publishing, so I, you know, was sort of like in the ether. It was a big book, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, I was excited because I feel like I knew that you had read the book. I knew that other people who I had trusted liked the book, so I mean, I still believe that the book is probably pretty <laughs> good. The movie, I. I really just did not like that much. Um, (laughs) I, it felt like something that like, I can see how this would have been a great book. And I think in books where you're in someone's head and you're in their mind and you're, you know, sort of going through these events, you can have stuff where like actually not that much happens and have Mm -hmm. it work fine. That's obviously a trickier ask in a movie. And so again, I don't know like what came from the book or what came from the movie, but this basically like in a mo- in a book I think also it's better to have, you know, sort of no answers or or like that that makes more sense and sort of is more palatable. We're in a movie, I think that's tricky. And in a movie that's this long, yeah. You it's basically this family, they live in New York, they go out to the Hamptons. They decide Long or Long Island, yeah, not exactly the Hamptons, but the yeah. vibe of the Hamptons, um yeah. they stay in this fancy house, and almost immediately weird things start happening to them, weird things happen for a while, then this then the owners of the house come um and they want to stay with them, which is weird. They say things happened in New York. All of the power and stuff goes out. More weird things happen to them. And it's just like weirder and weirder and weirder and weirder things continue to happen for three hours. And then at the end you sort of get like kind of an explanation of why those things happened, but not really. And it felt mm. almost like an exercise in like how many different types of weird things can we put into a movie rather than like there's any purpose for them or why any of them make sense there it, yeah. it it's just there's so much stuff and it's so much stuff of different varieties it's not like oh it's not like um for example i watched this show a couple of years ago about the like hurricane katrina uh, hospital that mm. um what's it called? A day, five days in memorial, where it's like the, the, it's during hurricane Katrina, the hospital loses power, you know? And so then you go through the phases of, well, what would happen if a hospital loses power? Okay. Well, first you have to shut down this. Well then, okay. You're running out of food. Well, okay. Well now you don't have water, you know, that kind of thing. So it's like different tragedies are happening, but they all sort of make sense and they all follow each other in like a plot line where this it's like, Okay, we've got this boat crashing into the shore. We have deer running around. Okay, now there's pink flamingos in the pool. There's a dr- there's drones that are dropping leaflets. There's automated cars that are crashing into things. There, there's there's just so there's like sonic booms. There's a some sort of virus where people are losing teeth. Like it's just crazy all of the different types of things and it feels almost like st- the creators were like what are some cool things we could do on screen let's just do them all and not really think about the plot and so by the time we got to the end where there was really like no resolution and i just sat for two and a half hours through all of these like kind of bizarre incidences i was like what was the point of all of this like yeah yes there was some interesting scenes and there was some good like uh you know, acting and whatnot, but even the characters and sort of their relationships didn't feel like there was a lot of resolution to them. Um, Yeah. It just sort of felt like a meandering, whatever. And I could see like a shortened down version of this being the first, like a pilot episode of a TV show, maybe that continues on (laughs) for another nine episodes. And you get a lot more of like what's going on. And, and the, um, and sort of the you know what it was like? It was like a much worse, longer version of the pilot of Lost, where it's like in Lost, you know, it's like you, we got the smoke monster, we got the polar bears, we got the, I mean, maybe those don't all show up in the pilot, but it's like you we have all of this don't. stuff. And then, and then you sort of over six seasons, like untangle, like, okay, like here's what this is. But you know that theoretically you're going to get answers to all of that. Where with this, it's like you're getting all of this stuff. And then there's really no answers, and also you're not getting all of the like good juicy character development that you got and lost. It's just sort of these people who are like almost like stock characters in a lot of ways. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting because I I like I think the movie does a good job of like feeding that anxiety, like the music, the score. Oh yeah, the, way the anxiety. The, yes. Yeah, the way he layers the different stories happening at the same time but it does feel long and it's definitely interesting because he said he was intentional in wanting to make it a different thing than the book because he was like yeah I don't think they should be carbon copies they should be not only are they different forms but it should be like a standalone piece where you could watch this and still read the book and be surprised and so I think in some ways it's like you know, brave or bold to do that. But I do feel like he lost the plot literally because what was so compelling about the novel is it is this sort of like quiet look at a disaster without a disaster. And so often we are, you know, we're watching films, like you said, where we want to see like, oh, how do they survive this? Like, what do they do next? And yet he makes us just sit there with this couple. And it's actually like another interesting thing is that he changed it to be, Mahershala Ali and his daughter, whereas in the book, it's a couple, they're two kids, and then this black couple that is like, we're the owners of the house. And so much of the book is just like them in this domesticity as things get weirder. And it's like, you're kind of like stuck in this like (laughs) mental space of watching these people make like brie sandwiches or like clean up or like hyper fixate on keeping the sink clear. And all of the anxiety for the reader is like, what is happening? Like, should they be taking this more seriously? Like, is there cause for concern? But there's not really anything until the third person like omniscient um, narrator starts to add details that the, That the couples don't know. So, watching the movie, it's weird that the couples do have all this data. And you're like, these people should probably be freaking out a little bit more, like thinking more clearly. And so, I think there was like a tension there where in the book, it makes sense that these people aren't fully panicking because you're like, well, they don't know yet. You know, they don't have any details. So, they're just like pretending everything's fine because that's like what we're trained as people in this world is just to like accept the unbelievable like you're just constantly waiting for it to get weirder because you think oh well that's just life now but in the movie it's it's strange that they started with like this huge set piece of a of a a boat crashing into the ocean like to the seafront and then just like they kind of talk about how weird it is but it's like I feel like I'd be googling like I'd have some more questions (laughs) and then like Every single weird thing in the movie is something added. Like the Tesla pile up is completely added. The like um, gun showdown at the end is completely added. The, the, um, are the flyers being dropped from added? the drone is added. Well, the deer are there, but it's much more like it's like what the little girl sees, which is where she sees like. Twenty And she's like, this is weird. And then it pulls back and it's like hundreds. And so they're there and the flamingos show up. But it's like those are the only weird things. So like people are talking about like, oh, uh, migratory patterns or whatever. And there's like loud noises and obviously no power and the Internet and stuff like that. But all these like big showy explosive like, oh, we're going to watch New York get bombed. Like all of that was added, which I think takes away from the attempt of the movie to make it a relationship focused, like individual kind of falling apart thing. Cause it's like, well, these people, it just starts to feel like a stage play, almost the way they talk in monologues, the way nothing ever really changes. And the like relationships are weird where Mahershala and Julia Roberts start like flirting at some point, And then oh yeah. the husband is like sharing a, uh, <laughs> a joint with the daughter and it's weird vibes like I don't know it was just kind of curious how they tried the to up the ante but that ended up sort of I, I don't know making the entire point kind of convoluted and confusing and unsatisfying because yeah it, it stepped away from being like this exploration of how especially Americans, especially people in the West are like fed this idea that like living with the abnormal is normal. And like bad news is always happening, but we just carry on. We just like keep doing our chores. We keep going to work. We keep doing whatever. And you're like watching these people really struggle to realize that it's like bad. Whereas in the movie, you know almost immediately it is bad. And you have this weird like tension with the daughter and this like Overt racism, and I don't know it, it was just like I didn't I couldn't figure out what he was trying to do by adding all that, um because, yeah, it becomes a really arduous film because you don't have anywhere to go, and they're not even behaving in an in a logical way,
1: yeah, and I feel like you kind of need to go in one of two directions with a movie like this, like you can either go in like the War of the World's direction where okay, we're going to add more stuff and then these people are going to have to kind of like deal with it or confront it or, I don't know, you know, like a normal post-apocalyptic movie. Or I think you have to go for something that's much more, that's feels more like an A24 kind of vibe where it's like smaller and like more relational and almost like low budget where it's these people in a house and they sort of, you know, almost like a horror movie kind of where you don't know what's exactly happening or something that's more relational. Um, Yeah. I think that this movie also had the disservice of coming out the year after Barbarian, which sort of has a similar premise in that somebody shows up on the front door in the middle of the night and wants to come in and stay at your house and i feel like in barbarian that is so taut and there's so much tension in all of those scenes and this because mahershala Ali's in a suit and i don't know it's like there's a lot it 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 always feels like there's less danger with the two of them um coming in than than there might otherwise be like even there's a scene where they're like show us your ID and he's like oh I forgot my ID and the coat at uh, the whatever and I don't know at least for me I never sort of got the sense that oh he was a nefarious actor who was you know there to you know yeah I don't kill think them you were or... meant
0: to but it is weird that the movie dwells so much on like their discomfort with them being back yeah it is like yeah it it was a strange choice that felt like unnecessary. But then,
1: um, but then, yeah, it's like the character, div- if it's going to be about these people and more of like a locked room kind of uh, like, yeah, almost stage play-esque thing where it's like, we're going to learn about these characters and sort of their relationships and how they connect with each other and how they deal with crises. Like it didn't necessarily do that well either. Like they have these like kind of philosophical monologues, but they, the monologues often don't really feel like they uh, are kind of genuine. They're almost like too talky. And yes. like Julia Roberts's character sort of like hates people for no reason. And we don't really know why. And she's, kind of I think presented to be like a Karen energy but we don't really understand like why she is that way and then she sort of has this about face with Mahershala Ali where yeah then they're kind of flirting and they're dancing together and it's like well but wait what happened here like there wasn't the character development and also I think part of the interesting thing about shows like The Walking Dead or whatever is or you know Stephen King has a lot of these kind of books is how the dynamics within a group change when there is pressure put on them. It's like, okay, how are these people going to deal with this conflict? And then how are those ways going to differ? Like Julia Roberts is going to handle it one way. Ethan Hawke is going to handle it another way. Now they're going to come into like butting heads, but we really didn't see that much of anybody like fighting with each other. I feel like the most conflict happened when Mahershala Lee and Maya Hala, Arrived in the middle of the night and then it kind of got less conflict within the group as time went on. And then the movie ends with everybody sort of split up in different places. So it's not even like it ends with some sort of relationship. On on a note of relationships, it's like yeah. they kind of all go off to do these like little excursions and find things, and then yeah. that's just sort of when the movie ends. It's not like, oh, they're never gonna see each other again. They probably will. And it's not yeah. like, oh, um, you know, they all were like there together when they died or something that happened to anybody. Like like the movie no, it's will just the
0: preface to disaster.
1: Yeah, right. I-
0: I mean, I think it is... But, I like,
1: think is the it the weird... preface to disaster? Because, like, on one... Mah- Mahershala Ali has this whole monologue where he's like, oh, actually, I might know what's going on because I work for a defense contractor, and first we got to take out the communications, and then we got to blah, 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 yeah. and then whatever. Yeah. But it's like, is the like is the world is, is this like a melancholia thing where it's like oh yes the world is like ending within like a couple hours and sort of how are you spending your last minutes or is this something where like okay new york got bombed um but now we're m- sort of like moving into a new you know, it's like is the world ending Isn't is the world not ending that you-
0: yeah, you want all these answers, but it's like the reality is always going to be more messy. And so that's why the story is like such a compelling idea. But I think the movie struggles because it does give Mahershala Ali this sort of like, I know more. Like he's constantly like revealing stuff and it's like, well, why didn't you just say this? Like, you know, it was weird that they made him, he almost takes on the voice of what we get as the narrator in the book where he has all these like side stories to share about like, yeah, like buying up stuff or whatever. It's like very odd that he's he plays it so close to his chest because it doesn't make sense like why he's holding back. Um, and so it becomes frustrating that he has these moments of like, I know more than you and I'm not gonna say it until now. And it's like, well, why are you saying it now? Like it's just weird. But I think and I also think that's why the ending with the two with the women scene. New York being bombed was also kind of takes the tension out because it's like I don't know I just felt like it was like silly and it kind of robbed the story of its closed doors sentiment where it was like yeah I think I can understand why you felt like well nothing happens like I wish something had happened I wish there'd been closure of some sort negative or positive but it's like I almost wish the opposite where they'd shown less and left us more kind of frustrated well, because I think that's interesting, right? I mean,
1: I think that's fine too. I guess, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is like this movie didn't feel like it had a point of view either way. Yeah. Like I don't mind a movie ending with ambiguity. I'm not saying like, oh, this had to be a Marvel movie and it had to be wrapped up and there had to be a big battle. <laughs> it's like, but if you're going to – Sort of soup up this whole thing so that we're getting that Tesla crash and the boat thing, and it's like yeah, and all, planes, yeah, yeah at, and all of that. Then there needs to be more, um, then like go in that direction. Like, honestly, I think a good example of this is Annihilation, the movie and the book, right. where it's like those are b- sort of going in different pathways. Where the book does sort of end with it's like much more sort of vibey and you kind of don't know what happens and it's less concrete and the movie sort of invents this whole ending. Well, really invents a lot of the story to give it a lot more structure and sort of a lot more like um purpose to it and conflict because I and I think it makes it a better movie than than what that was in the book does. But I think, you know, some people really like the movie, some people really like the book. I think they're both very successful, just very in very different ways. Where yeah. this movie seemed like it didn't really do either of those things well. It mm-hmm. didn't it didn't give us the sort of um ambiguous, like character driven thing from the book but it also didn't give us these big showy set pieces it wanted to have it both ways and instead it just sort of gave us like a very long muddled mess of a movie that had no point and i've seen people online be i don't know like praise this and i think sort of like that like ambiguity to it but i don't know it for me it's like there i think that I think that the key is to like having the filmmaker sort of know what the purpose is and and sort of impart whatever that purpose is to the audience so that you know that like they that this is what they're trying to do and they've executed that well. Where in this movie, I don't know what the director is trying to say. Like, good, bad, negative. Like, I don't know what his message is. And it feels like I'm not really getting any message from it. So I don't know if he's doing a good job or a bad job or what. You know, like, if his goal was just to sort of make a movie that has some monologues and some cool set pieces, it's like, okay, well, yeah, that you did. But, like, I don't know what else I'm supposed to take from this.
0: Well, I think if I'm being generous, it's... I think his intention was like, yeah, I want to make a splashy movie. I want to make an expensive movie. Like, let's see what a cyber attack would be like, you know, like that sort of thing. But I think his idea of the message that is sort of in the book as well is centralized in the little daughter's storyline, which I felt was the more interesting one um, because she's like 11 or no, she's 13 and she's obsessed with friends the show she's watching it on her way down she's on the last season she's asking about like all this like whatever sure cute corporate synergy but at the then as this disaster happens and the internet goes out she can't access the final episode. And she's like so obsessed with this, even as everyone's like, things are going crazy right now. That doesn't matter. And like her brother has to tell her that her mom's like, you need to chill out. Like, sorry, we're not focused on this. And so then she kind of realizes like, well, if the world's ending, like this is all I care about right now. Like this is all I want is I can't, I can't not know how it ends. And so then she like leaves and in the end, we find her, she'd found this, like, house, and she found a bunker, and in the bunker's a television with the box set of Friends, and she's able to put on the last episode, and it plays, and the movie ends with the Friends theme song playing, and I think that's, like, the idea, right, is, like, so no one told you life was going to be this way, and it's, like, the idea of Friends is, like, well, they find each other, they have each other, they get along, they have to survive together type thing, and I think if I'm looking at the movie as a whole, like backing up, I think the reason that it doesn't turn into this sort of splashy or like angry, like these, this couple decides that they hate each other, they have to kill each other to survive or whatever it is. They're realizing that they do have to come together. And so Julia Roberts' character who begins like being like, I don't like you guys. I don't trust you guys. I hate you. Like, I hate this situation. I have to get home. Ends up being trauma bonded with the daughter who's like why are you this way you can hate people and you can agree that they tend to be bad but like we're all we have and so I think that's like the attempted message is sort of this you know we have to like work together in a way and like come to terms with the fact that this is all we have and like you can't really wish your way out of it right because that's the same with the dudes who end up in this like showdown with the doomsdayer who's like, I need medicine for my kid. It's like, what medicine are you getting for this? Like, how do you how do you have this medicine? Like, honestly, that was the more distracting part for me. But then it turns out to be like his monologue to be like, I'm a loser. Like, I have no way to survive. All I can do is beg. Like, all I can do is advocate. Like, all I can do right now is just be a sad little loser dude and plead with you. And I think so there were like interesting parts at play um that kind of hinted at what he wanted your takeaway to be. But I do think it really was overbloated and and the set pieces became distracting with like the tension constantly building, constantly edging, and never really giving you relief.
1: I also was thinking about like, um, don't look up, uh, which came out a couple of years ago, and some of those scenes at the end. Where it's like oh yeah the world is ending But like we're just going to have dinner And like be with the people mm-hmm. who we want to be with Or you know of, of other people in that world They're like oh I gotta have sex or whatever you know um, And I don't know I just felt like there were moments In that, that that really Either stuck with me Or felt really like emotional or powerful I do agree that the little girls Plotline I thought worked well And that the ending with the friends Episode was Well done but so much of the rest of the movie didn't really tie in, I think, with that sentiment either. It was just, I don't know if he was trying to do too much or if he was trying to do too little or what or what exactly was yeah. going on. But it just, yeah, it, it did not, I felt like I was never quite on board with what was going on. And it sort of vacillated from being really dull and boring to being like, these crazy set pieces that had nothing to do with anything ultimately. (laughs) And I just, yeah, I couldn't get on board. I also think like separate of the movie, this is an interesting one because it's it's obviously coming out here at the in December, um, which is the peak of awards season. It has a bunch of big name actors who have either won Oscars or been nominated for Oscars. It's an adaption of a pretty well known book. Like and yet, Netflix really hasn't pushed this for any awards consideration. Like, they they didn't do any sc- award screenings that I was invited to. Like, I I didn't see this movie until this weekend when it was on Netflix because they really haven't done very much with it. It mm. didn't play any of the fall festivals. I think probably because it wasn't done yet. But like, they they're not really pushing it for awards, and that makes me wonder if they like do they see this as a commercial play that wouldn't get. That like that nobody that's more of a movie just like for random people to watch that's sort of like a big action movie, so they're not going to push it for awards, or do they like think that it's not good enough to push for awards, so they're like pushing other things instead? I this movie is just so odd to me and sort of like Oof. its packaging and what it is because we're so used to these you know pretty standard times and ways that movies are released, and this just feels like uh, like what exactly are we? doing here like what is like what genre is this promoting
0: other movies for oscars
1: yeah you know things like maestro or even like uh some of their international movies they've been Mm -hmm. you know like their documentaries or whatever like yes they've definitely been promoting a lot of stuff and may december is theirs that's been all over the place where this it's like I haven't I didn't I didn't get a screener. I didn't get invited yeah. to a screening. Nobody was, you know, emailing me about it. Like I I really didn't hear very much about it at all.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it it felt promoted to me, but I see your point about like more of the industry stuff it's, not getting
1: It sort of reminded me in its promotion of Remember that George Clooney movie a couple of years ago that I think was also on Netflix where he was like In Mom Outers he was in outer space or he was like the last person in Antarctica or whatever that was.
0: That was (laughs) was also based on one of my favorite books, but they trashed it.
1: Yeah. Like that was another thing where it sort of felt like it should have been an awards contender, but then like wasn't and I wasn't, but it was bad. And I was like, did, (laughs) did it like, was this, was this originally supposed to be an Oscar contender? And then Netflix was like, wait, actually like, I don't think this is going to work. So like, let's just release it.
0: Julia Roberts been struggling lately so maybe not.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Also I feel like they didn't really give like they sort of gave them stuff to do but it's like for having so many stars in this movie I don't know. This movie's yeah, just no, weird. It strange, it's so yeah. weird to me. I'm like what was happening in the making of it, in the writing of it, in the promotion of it. Like it's just odd I feel like in every capacity. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And no, not in a good like, way. I I watched it with Rob and he hadn't read the book and he lost interest in the movie quickly. And I think having read the book made me more forgiving, probably. Um or like because, why yeah, were I the
1: Obamas it, involved with this? Like what was I
0: mean? It's a great book. So I'm sure they I read guess. the book. They wanted to produce it, and they produced it. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, have you read Severance? Like it's another sort of apocalyptic. No. It's it's more funny. It's like a There's a pandemic in New York and people are paying some people to keep their desk jobs, basically, while everyone's dying around them. And so I think it's interesting to see these apocalyptic or sort of disaster stories that are about, you know, real people because i think so often we see these superhero like these heroes or these protagonists who are able to like survive anything or like suddenly learn how to fly an airplane or like just they just have luck on their side and they're constantly like rushing off to the next disaster to like i don't know claw their way to some sort of promised salvation be it boat plane or or a spaceship. um and so I think there is this growing trend to sort of explore more of the reality of how we're all sort of like facing disasters constantly. And I think I remember very clearly in the book, there's this conversation about like people visiting Venice and like taking pictures while knowing it's like going to be underwater in 20 years or whatever it is. And just this sort of acceptance that we're witnessing collapse constantly and so I think that's what is compelling about the story Um, but I do feel like it loses its own sort of imprint by, by focusing instead on these like big explosive oh my gosh what's gonna happen next like what is this watch in the sand oh it's attached to a body oh my gosh another jet's gonna fall in the exact same spot like you know it's just like he just got kind of lost in the showmanship of it, I think. And yeah. similarly with the with the ti- runtime, it's like he got lost in his like long shots, his twirling camera movements, his setting the stage for like every single. Every single scene could have been trimmed down significantly.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I think that there is, like, those sort of questions of, like, what do you do if the world is ending, like, or the world is sort of ending all around you? Like, how do you process that or internalize that? Like, do you put your head in the sand? Do you act? Do you try to save things? Like, you know, like, those are all really interesting questions that this movie yeah. just was not really asking. Um, <laughs> and maybe the book is, but the movie was just, yeah. like, did not seem that bothered by it like honestly i feel like some of the more interesting bits were kind of like the racially charged stuff yes. which yeah. doesn't which wasn't even in the original book and also no, it fe- was oh was
0: yeah yeah oh okay a little racist yeah
1: okay okay never mind um but like i think that that was interesting but that sort of doesn't really even have anything to do with the like world ending plot line that has more to do with the fact that like oh these people just showed up at your house and it's sort of like you know this sort of like baked in prejudice that you have um yeah but but that could have been in a movie You know, that could have been in Barbarian or whatever, you know, something that's completely separate from this world ending plot line of like, oh, the homeowners show up at your house. You know, they could have been like, oh, we left our bag actually downstairs. Could be like, (laughs) go in and get it and have that been the plot of the movie.
0: Right. Well, and it was weird that um, the teen daughter who is like so, you know, antagonistic, mostly because she's dealing with this like benevolent racist in her kitchen but she has like that her mom
1: might be dead
0: yeah yeah but it's like weird that it doesn't seem like she doesn't seem like a she's probably the least well-drawn character for me because she's constantly like whatever anyone else needs be it like oh she's hot so the the teenage boy is going to be looking at her or oh i need the give Ethan Hawke something to talk about so let's go smoke a joint or whatever or like oh I'm gonna call out Julia Roberts so she can monologue about why she hates people but it's like she didn't feel real to me and it was also like why are why is she coming in so hot but then also like giving up at every you know point of contention where she's like I'm digging my heels you can't leave me but then she's like okay fine you can leave me you know what I mean She was, like, a frustrating character.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel like they all sort of were to a certain degree because nobody was really, like, sticking with what they had. I mean, even, like, the way that they sort of introduced Julia Roberts' character as, like, oh, she just woke up one morning and, like, booked an Airbnb um, yeah. And that and she's bring the family out like that gives you a very like that is a very specific person, and then that type of person is not who she is for the rest of the movie. Like, yeah. there's just so many things like that that don't quite mesh, and you're just left like floating.
0: Yeah, aimlessly. and like Mahershala Ali pulling the gun on the Doomsdayer, it's like, sir. This isn't your house. Honestly, that storyline was just pissing me off because it's like, oh, I need medicine for my kid. You have to have medicine. It's like, (laughs) what freaking medicine do you need right now? Well, tell me
1: what disease was that? Like, they're like, oh, it was Lyme disease. Like, you wake up one morning and all your teeth
0: fall out. I mean, they're just trying to reason the unreasonable. They're trying to make sense of it. They're making themselves right. But then, water. like,
1: what medicine would he exactly. like if it's some sort of uranium poisoning or something? It's like,
0: well, yeah. whatever no, doomsday. Was,
1: you know, you yeah. could have <laughs> Zithromax in your basement, but that's not going to yeah. help.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't remember exactly how it goes in the book, but like, it felt everything was like over the top. And they're like, "I need this medicine. I'm not going to leave without it." They get into like a standoff, and it's like, what? what is the end goal here? Like some secret medicine. Like I felt like they had an opportunity to sort of feel defeated and explore the reality of the situation. And they could have done that. Like it could have ended with them getting in the car and Mahershala Ali giving his like monologue about like what's actually happening and just like feeling like, Oh, well, I guess medicine doesn't matter right now. But instead it like, I don't know the showmanship, the stylistic, insistence of the film is it it was distracting and kind of like became more and more arduous to get through um even if the tension is manufactured by the music and the intercutting of these like constantly staring off and seeing something we don't know what they're seeing at first like it's like it feels cheap when you pull back because it's like yeah you don't really get a sense of motivations or like why that was the instance Mahershal Ali decided to draw a gun because it's, like, it's not even his kid. It's, like, right. some stranger's kid.
1: And, like, why does he have a gun to begin with? They, I, I also do, like, I understand the sort of concept of, okay, if I'm out in the Hamptons and, like, the world is ending, but, like, I don't really know if it is, like, am I going to go look for trouble? Am I going to you know, sort of lose my mind or am I going to try to be like, no, like, let's just like stay calm, you know, whatever. Like I can see myself in that situation kind of being more chill than maybe I should be. But I think if I'm in a situation where I've seen a frigate wash on shore and there's bodies hanging out of the ceiling and my son's losing his teeth, like I am, I have moved on to another plane of existence where I am like freaking the hell out. And the fact that even at the end of this movie, nobody seems like, like nobody has had like a real meltdown is like shocking because you would think that with these, yeah, like with (laughs) this amount of people, like, Somebody would have had a breakdown and we really had like the moment all those teeth started falling out like all hell should have broken loose and really it did not They're like, oh, we just got to find some medicine. It's like "No, you need to find like a surgeon or something or like,
0: you know, it's like we just are constantly convincing ourselves that the worst thing that's happening can't be happening, you know, right. But I don't think
1: that like. I like, think for instance,
0: a- maybe, maybe the city is shutting down because there's a pandemic, but you find yourself just going to the sushi place you always wanted to because there's not a line today
1: right exactly like that like you <laughs> i mean yes no i did do that but i see but see like that i feel like is like uh like like that makes sense to me and if they like if they <laughs> yeah, were trying well like should. if well i mean obviously because they did it but like if they were trying to make a statement uh like commentary on like that sort of action like that like beginning right. of the pandemic sort of like denial that's yeah. one thing but like at the beginning of the pandemic you know, you're like hearing about, oh, like some people have this. like some people are sick, whatever. It's not like I'm walking down the street and and a, a, like a severed arm falls on me, you know, yeah. like that's a yeah, different no, level they, of handling like had things. too much
0: exposure to the to the wildness that it became sort of like, why are you guys still twiddling your thumbs? And yeah. and
1: like, even if you think about not to just go with plane crashes, but like if you think about yellow jackets and sort of like how the girls on that react to that, even the ones who are like, we're fine. Like we're okay. Like this is fine are not like they are presenting as like, okay, there's also something clearly deeply wrong going on here. Like yeah. that's that they're trying to cover up with their fineness. It's not like, oh, they're just sort of, da, And we're supposed to say, see, look, this is what, you know, you, you can just go about your business because we don't want to know. It's like, no, you like in a deep level know and you're trying to cover it up. But like a good actor can sort of impart that where that was not the vibe I was getting from this movie necessarily.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't a good time. I I wish people would just read the book and it probably takes as long to read the book as watch the movie because it's a pretty it's a pretty short read so
1: yeah uh no i did not like this movie and honestly the more i'm talking about the, the sometimes the podcast does this where <laughs> the longer i'm on it i'm like no i actually hated this movie like i yeah, think this was like actually just like book. a really you're, bad movie
0: you're like lowering it in your rankings as we speak
1: well because what what we covered something recently that was like this where we were both sort of like yeah whatever and then we got on the show and we were just like nitpicking it to part The whole episode, and we're like, "Wait, this was actually terrible." What movie was that?
0: I don't know, probably like Mission Impossible or
1: no. But anyways, (laughs) no, it was more recent than that. It was like in our last couple of episodes. Ballad of Songbirds. Was no because you hated that already. No, I didn't hate Ballad of. You were the one who disliked it more than I did.
0: Okay, well then it was probably that one.
1: The movie, oh, Five Nights at Freddy's. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> that what so it bad. was. That was so bad. A terrible movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think this is better than Five Nights at Freddy's. So,
1: I mean, there's a certain level of like quality here in just like acting and whatever and money being spent. That, yes, I do think yeah. this is better than Five Nights at Freddy's, but like yeah, not by much.
0: Yeah. No, it's very well made. And, and like the tension, though manufactured, is like palpable. But it's very unsatisfying and kind of frustrating by the end.
1: Like this will be above Five Nights at Freddy's and our year-end ranking. But I think this will still be in the bottom quarter of movies that I've seen this year.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm probably uh, more forgiving. But that's just because everyone should read the book.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Shelby loves the book. I did yeah. not like the movie. Um, yeah, exactly. But crazy that this has 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. An exceptionally I mean, I like an well-acted interesting... apocalyptic thriller leave the world behind steadily draws the viewer in despite its leisurely pace and somewhat simplistic messaging.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's like the pieces are there and it's a matter of what you're willing to, like, forgive if you decide it, like, comes together well enough. And so yeah, I think that's I... why there's a critic versus audience, like, clash, S- Kazz- But I think... Like I could sit here and I could reason with you about like what was good about it, but then I could also easily fall into well, yeah, this was super annoying. So it's just like a weird, yeah, it's kind of like a middling film.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Okay. But there it is. Well, we did it. Great.
1: We we covered <laughs> we another one. The time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have one more. We have one yes. more week of the year. Yes, because. I know. Yeah, we'll record next week, and then I'm off to Paris. So we'll oh so we only gosh. have one more episode this year.
0: Matt in Paris, what a dream! Well, let's hope Take I don't two. get mono
1: this time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the most miserable. Yeah, and I'm off
0: to the to the similarly romantic land of Utah. So ah, it'll be a pleasure the Mormons. for me to us. <laughs>
1: So wait, yeah. what are we covering next week? Wonka?
0: I don't know. We can't make any promises because every time we like strategize what we're going to do at the end of these episodes, it ends up being completely wrong or we end up not doing the show at all. So,
1: <laughs> Well, the problem is, is, that, is that the schedule that I look at is like the technical release dates or whatever, but yeah, then it's like, yeah. oh, it's actually in one theater. But I think yeah. Wonka actually is, it's coming out like everywhere at once. <sighs> yes?
0: Okay. Yeah, probably.
1: I've seen it okay. already. a
0: musical. Yes, it I'll is a musical.
1: It. <laughs> it is a musical. Um, okay. Well, we'll be back next week. Thank you guys for listening. Um, if if there's an apocalypse going on, Shelby and I will just keep on recording. Like yes. nothing is, nothing. nothing's the matter. Exactly. Just plodding along you know, for you know. all eternity. Uh, okay. <laughs> but thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.